a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Boyd does all of that, and occasionally he takes a day off as well, like today. Marty Carpenter sitting in for Boyd Matheson on Inside Sources. Uh, it's been fun to be with you for the first hour of the show. Got another great hour coming up. We've been talking a lot uh, so far about uh, COVID, the pandemic, President Biden's mandate, and I uh, want to shift gears with this segment because over the weekend, we marked the 20th anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks on our country. And former President George Bush gave, I, I think, the most uh, noteworthy speech, and I would say from a speechwriter's perspective, the best speech of the weekend. Um, he called for unity at the Flight 93 National Memorial near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And it brought up a, a whole host of important topics. And like I say, I'm a sucker for a good political speech. I love when, a, when someone just nails this. And I've always thought that it must be really frustrating for uh, former presidents um, former governors, really anyone who's held office and then uh, has moved on from holding that office, uh, to see things continue to happen in their community and to, to not have the same platform to speak out. Uh, I think President Bush was a great example of, of self-control uh, throughout the entire Obama administration because he would rarely, I, mean, I can't think of an instance where he really came out and said anything uh, about the Obama administration. And he did that and and made it public that he was not speaking out on issues um, in part, I would say principally because someone else held that office and he had high respect for that office. And I think that's really honorable. Um, and I think, you know, having watched him now watch his successor and his successor's successor and his successor's successor's successor in office, um, he probably was looking for a good opportunity to, to put in his two cents. And he did that uh, over the weekend with this speech. And, you know, one part of it obviously uh, caught the headlines a little more, and I want to get to that. But first, one part that I thought was really important, especially with the, the way things just concluded in Afghanistan, to speak to the men and women who he sent into harm's way. Uh, and then for, for the most part, I would say a, a large number of those men and women had to watch things unravel in Afghanistan at the end. And uh, so I want to play what, what President Bush said as he spoke directly to veterans 
regarding their service to our country and uh, and the things happening in Afghanistan. Let me speak directly to veterans and people in uniform. The cause you pursued at the call of duty is the noblest America has to offer. You have shielded your fellow citizens from danger. You have defended the beliefs of your country and advanced the rights of the downtrodden. You have been the face of hope and mercy in dark places. You have been a force for good in the world. Nothing that has followed, nothing can tarnish your honor or diminish your accomplishments. To you and to the honored dead, our country is forever grateful. Not a whole lot that can be added to that. Just to say I 100% concur with the former president and uh, want to extend thanks to all the men and women who served our country from uh, from the very first moments, first responders, and, and members of the armed forces uh, throughout those two decades. Um, more notably in the speech, the president went on to talk about extremists abroad and tying those, uh, at least making a connection to those here at home. Let's hear what the president had to say. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdainful pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit. An interesting correlation to make there, and one that I, I, if you listen carefully where he says there's not, there's little overlap between them, but in these key points, drawing attention to attacking national symbols, symbols of unity, um, obviously that, that was probably the most charged thing that he had included in the speech, and <laughs> when you do that, there are going to be people who get riled up on either side, but I think as... Uh, as someone who has held that highest office, he's probably looking at the situation and saying, can't we see where we all can be better, where we can behave better, and where we can elevate uh, our community in a different way? Uh, the president, I, I just I keep going back to this idea that President Bush uh, having the opportunity to speak at such an an important time and in a way where he will have more uh, more of an audience than really at any other situation. Former presidents get to go speak wherever they want to go speak and they can say things and they can make news by saying things. Um, and as I mentioned, President Bush has, has shied away from just causing waves to cause waves or to put himself back in the spotlight. But given the opportunity, I, I think it's really worth... Um, consideration and 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 I on I offer my admiration for him taking that opportunity not only to thank the men and women uh, and give some uh, comfort to those who watched what unfolded in Afghanistan unfold and to, to thank them for their service uh, but also to to point out uh, where we can all be better and uh, where we are better when we are united and if anything, as I remember from September 11th, that was that was my big takeaway from the 
from that whole time period was the unity of our country after the fact. And it's good to see more elected officials and formerly elected officials uh, speak out about uh, how we can get back to that unity. We don't have to be uh, woe is me with how we're not united right now. Let's think about how we can get back to being united. Uh, overall, I would say a really terrific speech by the president and one that I think everybody should listen to with uh, real consideration for what the message was and uh, and take it to heart. Uh, all right, we're going to come back after this break and discuss uh, more of the Biden. We'll, we'll go back to vaccines, I suppose. We'll talk a little bit more about vaccine mandates and whether or not they'll hold up in court. Uh, back with more on Inside Sources after this. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. 